Under the Dome Radio, a Season 2 preview recorded June 26, 2014. Broadcasting from Under the Dome in Chester's Mill, this is Under the Dome Radio, the unofficial yet hashtag Domey approved podcast by fans and for fans all about the CBS television show Under the Dome. And can you believe it's been 39 weeks since we last chatted about the good and not so good folks of uh, Chester's Mill? Well, we are back for season two and we're going to find out all the tricks that Big Jim Rennie might have up his sleeve. And in case you may have forgotten, I am Wayne Henderson, the voice acting podcasting Green Bay Packers fan. And I am Troy Heinrichs, excited to find out what will happen as we enjoy some soft-boiled black eggs, cream of wheat in a dome-shaped bowl, as we try to save Barbie's bacon from the gallows this season. If you would like to follow along on this 23rd episode of Under the Dome Radio, you can check out the show notes located at the website, underthedomeradio.com slash 23. And now I'm ready for breakfast, but it's not even close. You know, as a reminder for those of you who might be new listeners, and we thank you for joining us, every season we're going to be running down each episode of the podcast, starting with our breaking news segment. That's where we've got dome-related news, including ratings and happenings from around the mill. Then we'll go on the air, talking about what we found interesting in the most recent episode of Under the Dome, and of course, then on location. That's where we talk to all of you domies and residents of Chester's Mill with listener thoughts, theories, and feedback, and what radio station would be complete without investigative reports. That's for those of you who really want to be in the know. We're going to sink it in with information that may or may not be in the Under the Dome novel, so it might be spoilery, but since the series Under the Dome is totally different than the book, it may not be spoilery at all. And then just for fun, requests and dedications. That's the section where we share how you can help the show and thank those of you who have already been helping get the word out. So kicking it off with our breaking news for this start of season two. The big news, of course, is that Brian K. Vaughn is out as writer showrunner on Under the Dome. Brian K. Vaughn did help Neil outline season two with Mr. King, as they did basically get the arcs in place. So a new group of people will be doing the writing, but the content, Neil is still focusing on the outline that he and Brian did before Brian left. And of course, director Jack Bender is still in play. So it'll still feel very much like a season one dome with Brian's influence. Vaughn left on his own terms, citing time away from the family was taxing and the parting was amicable. Spielberg actually handpicked Brian when the show was originally going to be on Showtime, but when it went over to CBS, Neil obviously was brought in, Neil Bear, because obviously working on ER for a long time, he is kind of the veteran showrunner when it comes to broadcast television. That's going to be very interesting to see how that affects things this season, but either way, I'm sure we're in for Lots of insanity on Under the Dome. And the other night was the special CBS season one retrospective Inside Chester's Mill Under the Dome special. And as far as the ratings, they had 4.34 million. And that's where things left off, you know, Inside Chester's Mill. They kind of got us up to speed. They focused on some things that I was wondering, why are we looking at that? But, you know, they really reminded me of some other great stuff that happened in season one just to get us ready. And the fact that a summer television show has more than 4 million viewers already and only uh, a couple of days in the ratings is fantastic. I mean, even 24 had 5.7 million, and that's 
pretty dang good. But for a clip show of Under the Dome to get over $4 million, that is awesome. So it's going to be great to see how the new content and the new storylines take off in the ratings. And of course, that clip show basically had me feeling exactly the same way I did last season. Really great start for the first eight. And then Maxine came into the picture and things went a little sour and it picked up a little bit at the end. But of course, the biggest question we still had, I think, even after the clip show was, was the tornado really because Junior and Angie had an argument or was it because Julia was shot and it stopped when she came back from, you know, waking up from the coma or whatever she was in? Yeah, I think we're going to find out in just a few days. At least I hope so. Well, Amazon Video was chosen once again to be the exclusive Under the Dome partner. CBS and Amazon make the deal to be the streaming home once again. The companies have renewed that contract and licensing agreement for the second season. Under the deal, Amblin Television will return for the second season on Prime Video, which will be the exclusive home. You can't find it on Netflix, iTunes, anywhere. Amazon is the only place and Prime members will be able to access the streaming four days after the initial broadcast. Same agreement as last season. The episodes will also be available on Amazon Instant Services, like the Kindle Fire HD, all the iOS devices, Roku, Xbox, PlayStation, and the Wii U. Under the Dome episodes will be available for purchase and download exclusively through Amazon. And of course, you can do that via our link at underthedomeradio.com slash Amazon. Also, we've got, you know, in North Carolina where Under the Dome is filmed, there's kind of a battle going on. North Carolina is battling to save North Carolina film as the tax credits that kind of really help them out are set to expire. So incentive changes are expected to be part of the lawmakers' upcoming budget negotiations to hammer out the difference between the House and Senate's plans. The current law gives a 25% refund to productions that spend more than $250,000 and a payout cap of $20 million for most productions and no monetary limit on a TV series. So that actually is a pretty darn huge incentive to keep things being filmed in the North Carolina area. And what do you think is going to happen? It, hopefully they'll renew this, right, Troy? You would hope so. I mean, it's it, it's a big chunk of change, and it really helps out a lot of the economy. If you think about it, there was actually a study done called a supply chain study of the economic impact of the North Carolina motion picture and television industry released just this past spring. Basically, it breaks down like this. The film and television industry in North Carolina from about 2007 to 2012 is a $1.02 billion business. That's billion with a B. The cost of the credit was $112 million over the same period of time. Accordingly, the study says the results for every dollar of the credit issued, the industry spends $9.11 with the state. So if anybody's playing at home, that's $1 equals $9.11. That's $8.11 of profit to the state of North Carolina. The projected tax revenue collected as a result of the film and television production is about $170 million. So for an example, in 2012, the production tax incentive contributed a net positive cash flow of $25.3 million for North Carolina. This is the difference between the 2012 cost of the incentive, $60 million, and the tax revenue collected by state and local government from people spending money, buying stuff, going to restaurants, eating at places. And that revenue was $85.4 million. So to me, this tax incentive sounds like it's a really good thing and people shouldn't be messing with it. Let's keep things as is. Keep the filming in that area. They need it, and they do a fantastic job with the productions that come out of that area of the country. So 
Here, here's hoping they get that drought fixed up and turned back around in a hurry. Now let's go ahead and go on the air. You know, season one of Under the Dome left off with Julia in a boat. She was dropping the egg into the uh, the lake there, I guess it was, or was it possibly the ocean? I think it was the methane-filled lake. Pink streaks of stars rising into the sky. The dome turns totally black. You can't see a thing. And three of the four children of the dome, if you want to call them that, they're walking by the church as Barbie and Big Jim and JR are up on the gallows that uh, Big Jim had everybody build. As Junior is about to pull the lever and the dome then turns into milky white and we're left wondering, where will this go? It's about day eight in the novel. So it's going to be taken off from there for season two of television. Will Barbie be hanged? Will Junior be guilty? Will Big Jim ever turn good? Will we find out, Troy? I don't know. There's lots of changes coming under the dome because, and if you want to be successful in a second season, there's kind of like a five-step plan in order to make that happen. So step number one is really simple. Keep your successful show in the same time slot. So yes, June 30th, 2014 is the season two premiere date. It will remain on Monday night at 10 9 Central, so buckle up, because Chester's Mill is going to be in for some changes this season. Channeling a little David Bowie there, Troy? Absolutely. (laughs) That's always good for Under the Dome uh, radio podcast. There's also going to be some uh, new things and new areas that we're going to be seeing. We're going to be, of course, spending a lot of time at Chester's Mill High School this year with Joe and Nori and most likely meeting some other classmates and children going to the school And will these other uh, teenagers have special dome powers, too? We'll have to find out. We're also going to have some more time out in the woods, which is always dangerous in Chester's Mill when there's a dome around. And especially, you know, with Julia, that she was out there on the boat in the lake in the first few episodes. And then the Sweet Briar Rose restaurant is going to be back up and running because, you know, these people in Chester's Mill, they got to eat, even though they're trapped in a dome. And Angie and Ben, you know, they kind of cleaned up the mess that was happening there. So, Things are trying to be some sense of normal, even though we're still trapped under a dome. But how normal can you be when, of course, there's about 1,800 people in this town, and we've only met a few of them, so there's a bunch of new characters coming into play. So, of course, step three in the plan is to bring new people and new blood to have new storylines as we move along in this next season. And probably the most surprising addition was another CBS vet, Mr. Eddie Cahill himself, He's coming in to play Sam, who is Jim's brother-in-law, which if you're doing math people style, that makes him Junior's uncle, which makes him Big Jim's wife's brother. So that has some interesting twists. He's basically a reclusive EMT, and he's also going to be kind of the crazy drunk who lives alone in the woods kind of thing. So if you're a book reader, guess what? Sloppy Sam, he's in the house, or at least in the woods in this case. But uh, will this outcome be the same in the TV show as it was for Sam in the book? That'll be very interesting to find out this year. And of course, we hear that there might be another possible child of the dome because Grace Victoria Fox is a newcomer on the acting scene and making Under the Dome is her first screen credit. The 18-year-old Victoria Fox will recur as the mysterious, beautiful, and almost regal Melanie, whatever that means, but we're going to know soon. She catches the eye of Joe. Uh-oh. Because I know that colonites are going to be crying out in outrage, as well as the Jory fans, as well they should, because Melanie is poised 
and from the quote-unquote right side of the tracks is making a clear contrast to the kind of gothic nori. So if you're going to have a high school, it only makes sense to add a little bit of that high school drama, questions especially all about the young actors in Chester's Mill. It's going to make you wonder what connection to the dome there might be, and we all remember another Stephen King high school with the movie and book Carrie. Is anything crazy like that bound to happen? That's a really good point, but I think what's even better is that it is a science fiction show, at least we thought so for parts of last year. So why not better to then bring in a science teacher into the equation as we have British actress Carla Crome is going to be joining in the role of Rebecca. She's basically be in her 30s and Jim is basically looking after her to start the school back up. And of course, if Jim is asking to start up a school, it's probably because they want to educate them on the Big Jim church of Do What Big Jim Says. So we'll have to see if Rebecca actually plays along with that because she is a science teacher after all. So if you think about Rebecca science, Julia is the monarch. So she's probably playing the faith card. And then Jim is going to be caught in between because Jim wants the dome to stay there, obviously. So he's going to be probably more on Julia's side, on the faith side, because if they can figure out scientifically how to get rid of the dome, that would be bad for Big Jim. So either way, science versus faith, I guess if you're playing it long, that's our first lost reference of the season. Wow, we did not waste any time getting one of those in. I love it. And what we learned from way back in black and white television series, even before we were born, every small town needs a good barber, not Barbara Floyd. We've got Dwight Yoakam. He goes from the streets of Bakersfield to the streets of Chester's Mill because, you know, I'm all for a singing barber because that'd be fun while you're getting a shave and a haircut, no matter whether it's two bits or more expensive in Chester's Mill. And you know, may have missed Dwight last year, and he wasn't outside the dome, though. In fact, his character has been inside the dome the entire time. And in season two, the actor slash musician will play Lyle Chumley, who runs the Chester's Mill Barbershop. And we're told that Chumley has a complicated history with Big Jim, having once been romantically linked to Big Jim's dead wife, Pauline. That's going to be messy. I just know it. Lyle also has a mysterious connection to the dome and very well may know the answer to its origins. And Dwight Yoakam will appear in multiple episodes as a recurring guest star in season two. And he is not just a great country singer with that whole Bakersfield feel, Troy, but he is an awesome actor. Did you ever see Panic Room with Jodie Foster? Panic Room is one of my favorites. I thought that was a really great movie. Great to have him in there. And I think this is going to be really great to have Dwight in the show, especially yes. because who better to know the secrets of Chester's Mill, including the Dome, than the person you talk to all the time when you're getting your hair cut. Exactly. So let's talk about this mysterious woman, Pauline. I know that a lot of people... Not too happy about Maxine coming in last year, but you know we are going to bring a new woman into this, which I think book enthusiasts are really going to love because Shelley Stringfield, who actually worked with executive producer Neil Bear on ER, will have a recurring guest role and play the nice person that we've been waiting to find out more about. Yes, Pauline. Now, they're not saying that Pauline is the Pauline Rennie. But of course, we know that Mr. Dwight Yoakam is going to have some romantically linked information with Pauline, which has already been kind of stated by Wayne as Big Jim's wife. So if you are reading along in the book, Paul Rennie or Pauline Rennie is indeed Big Jim's wife in the book. So this 
tells me that we're going to see Pauline in some fashion this season. Either it's going to be one of the, you know, creatures in the woods or flashback or something. But I think we are going to see that Pauline is indeed Big Jim's wife. And we're going to have some interesting things come from her character as this season progresses. Oh, no doubt. Because if she was able to paint those really creepy uh, pieces of art with the pink stars falling in line and all that good stuff, she must have an interesting side to her. And check this. Barbie, Dale Barbie Barbara, has a dad. Maybe? Question mark. Brett Cullen, who uh, is from Person of Interest. He plays Nathan Ingram. And Goodwin from Lost. That's our second reference to Lost. We are on quite a roll. And the slimy Jimmy Brennan on Revenge. That's awesome stuff. I love that show as well. He's going to play Don Barbara, the father of Barbie. Wait, 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 wait. Barbie grew up in Chester's Mill? Question mark. Is Don Barbara outside the dome, which means communication in and out might become possible? Either way, he'll appear in several episodes and come face-to-face with his son. So I guess that means he was there all the time or the dome allows people to get in but not get out? Questions, 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 Troy. Well, it says that people are going to be coming face-to-face. Now, remember, you know, Linda and and her fiancé, Rusty, came face-to-face and kissed on the dome. So it doesn't mean that... Barbie's dad is going to be inside. Maybe Barbie's dad will be outside and it'll be face-to-face at the dome. So don't take everything with a grain of salt or take it at face value as you're reading this stuff because, man, I tell you, inside, outside, maybe it goes two-way, maybe it goes one-way because the big tease from South by Southwest this year was that what's outside comes inside the dome. So maybe you can, with this white, milky substance, outside stuff can come in, but once you're in, you're trapped. Right, because the rules of the dome are bound to be totally different than last season when it was totally clear and you couldn't really get in or out. Just a little bit of misty rain might be able to make it through. But uh, this time, like you said, with it changing colors from black to white, the rules are up in the air and they're going to represent them to us. Well, step four of the plan to kind of bring season two to life is going to be bring in the king. That's right. The king of storytelling himself, Mr. Stephen King who also wrote the book, of course. And if you've been reading, listening along, you should already know that Stephen King is indeed writing the season opener this year. And he's, of course, going to make his traditional cameo appearance in the episode over at the Sweetbriar Rose. So be on the lookout for Mr. King. I think him kind of overseeing this with Neil and with Brian K leaving, you know, I think this will have some really good Stephen influence. It's, it's really interesting because he wrote the book. So now that we're kind of off the book reservation, you know, now it's almost like he's writing a sequel to Dome. You could kind of look at it that way because even he admitted, hey, a lot of people didn't like the ending of the book Under the Dome that I wrote, is what Stephen King said. So he's all for the television show making it different, and that way maybe everybody can be happy. So like you said, you bring in the king, and if you know anything about most Stephen King novels, there's going to be some people that are going to be killed. Some characters are going to die. And it has been confirmed that two will die in this first episode. But of course, remember, dead doesn't mean you can't come back as maybe some apparition in the woods or whatever. And as executive producer Neil Bear said, no one is safe under the dome. One will die in the first opening minutes and one more towards the end, both untimely and shocking. And of course... <laughs> You know, the, they, these PR folks, they always use this shocking whatever term. 
maybe it'll be one of the stars of the show, or maybe it's going to be a lesser character we only met in you know brief moments of episode six or seven or eight of last season. We'll find out what's truly shocking. Yeah, shocking is going to be what you pick, Wayne, because I feel a addition of Team Wayne and Team Troy coming along. (laughs) Get your hashtags ready. That's right. Hashtag Team Wayne, hashtag Team Troy. My two death predictions are going to be Linda, the sheriff, and Phil, the radio DJ who no longer has a radio station to broadcast from. That poor guy. He's, you know, we could squeeze him in here on the Under the Dome radio podcast if he'd like to go to a uh, pirate propane-powered podcast. That's a lot of peas. you got to avoid the plosives there. Those are interesting predictions. Let me get those down again. You said Phil and who else? Phil, Bushy, and Linda. Linda Esquivel. Now, I know she was so gullible last season that although during the first part of Under the Dome season one, I really liked her. She was way too gullible in believing everything Big Jim told her that I'm kind of ready for her character to go to the wayside. My predictions will be if hashtag Team Wayne if you want to do that. Um, and I feel bad for saying this, but I have a feeling something terrible is going to happen to our friend Andrea Grinnell. And I have nothing to back that up. It's just a feeling. You know, you get Stephen King involved in a character like Andrea Grinnell. It may not be good. And as far as the other person that's going to die, I'm going to go with Phil Bushy as well. Because I've kind of already kind of unfortunately forgot about him. And I don't think that they're ready to kill off any of the young adult and teen characters just yet. So Andrew Gunnell dies by earthquake, tipping over all of her hoarder stuff inside of her house. (laughs) I was thinking something more diabolical. Big Jim's going to probably do something along the lines of what he did with our Reverend Scoggins. Could be, could be. Okay, so if you are with hashtag Team Wayne, you're saying Andrew Grinnell and Phil Bushy. And if you're hashtag Team Troy, you're saying Sheriff Esquivel, Linda, and Phil Bushy. So go ahead and get those out on Twitter. We'll be looking at those, of course, between the time you hear this podcast and the season opener on June 30th. But remember, if you have a different opinion, go ahead and throw those out there as well, because we'd love to hear what you think, because, of course, this is your Under the Dome radio fan podcast, and we want to get every single opinion that we possibly can. And speaking of opinions, some of the Under the Dome radio podcast uh, listening community have come together and already sent in listener feedback on what they expect and what they hope happening in season two of Under the Dome. So let's go on location and uh, fire up those transmitters, get the, the propane tanks dusted off, and let's see what we've got. Hey, Wayne and Troy, this is Hank Davis from TPEnetwork.com and the Falling Skies Fan Podcast. I wanted to call in my thoughts on what I hope to see in Season 2, and I also have one question for the both of you. I'll start with the question. I'm curious, what do you guys think will be the impact of the writer slash producer leaving the show? Do you think this is just going to be a subtle change going forward, or do you think this will be a drastic and very noticeable change to the overall style of the show? As far as what I want to see in this season, I'm invested in the show. I know from my own podcasting experience that we live in an impatient society. People want answers. So I really hope in season two that they give us enough answers to satisfy most fans. Now I'm willing to wait around and continue to follow the story. But I have found on many shows that 
a lot of fans will not sit back and just enjoy the show. They want answers and they want them now. So I wonder how they're going to balance that this season. And I hope we get a lot of answers or enough to just keep us intrigued and invested. And the last thing I want to see in this upcoming season, Big Jim, he has to be held accountable for his actions. Dean Norris is a fantastic actor, but this character feels unredeemable. He's done so many bad things, and I hope that they don't wait the entire season to have him brought to justice. I hope that they get after him right away and that they don't string that out too long this season because he's done some heinous things and he has it coming big time. I'm so excited that not only the show is back, but that you guys are back. And I can't wait to hear your next episode. Keep up the great work, guys. Thanks, Hank. Sending that in via our email address, recording his own MP3 at feedback at underthedomeradio.com. Again, you can go to underthedomeradio.com slash feedback. You can go ahead and send in your messages via our record button right there on the website from your mobile phone or your computer. Or, of course, call us on the telephone, 904-469-7469. In regards to Brian K. Vaughn leaving the show, yeah, I'm nervous from a sci-fi perspective because he brought the sci-fi side of things where Neil brings the drama side of things. But because they did sit down together with Stephen King to kind of arc out this season, I think King will help with the sci-fi side and keep it kind of in that same vein. So not too concerned. I think that we're in for enough changes and enough tempo differences that I think we'll be okay. And I think, Hank, you make a great point about society, at least a large part of it, wanting answers and being so impatient to get them right away. So I'm wondering, how many answers will we get? Will season two be the only other season of Under the Dome? And if that's the case, we better get some answers. But then again, like we learned from Lost, third reference, it's all about the characters and their story. But that's a little different. Under the Dome, the Dome is a character, and some sort of answers should be coming our way. But I'm willing to wait till near the end of the season. I don't need them to all come at me right at the beginning. Yeah, and I was almost kind of upset last year a little bit because they introduced that cool fourth hand concept and then gave us the answer like in the next episode. So I think there's a lot of that last season that I hope that we get a little bit more slow burn rather than just giving those answers out right away. And as far as uh, Big Jim getting his just desserts and getting uh, justice, I guess, for all of the terrible things he's done, that would be nice. That would be nice, but I have no idea what's going to happen, Hank. <laughs> but we appreciate your voicemail. Great discussion points. Great also summer series that he's podcasting about, all about Falling Skies. It's good to have some new shows on during the summertime, like Under the Dome and Falling Skies and others, right? Absolutely. Greetings, Wayne and Troy. I thought I would call in with some thoughts about the upcoming season of Under the Dome. One thing that I would really like to see happen is that we find out what the dome is protecting Chester's Mill from. That was alluded to towards the end of last season. Now, we didn't get an answer to that, so I'm hoping to get an answer to it this year. Also, I would like to see Dale Barbie take a little more prominent role in the leadership of the town, and also I would like to see Big Jim continue to stir the pot as time goes on. 
One thing, though, this year that I'm really looking forward to once again is listening to the Under the Dome Radio podcast. Thanks for doing this, and have a great season. Hello, this is Neil from Bowie calling in to Under the Dome Radio for the second season of Under the Dome. Uh, looking forward to uh, an exciting second season, and uh, let's see, what do we really need to see in the se- second season? We need to see more about Big Jim's wife. She had prophetic paintings. What about that? Are we going to see some flashbacks? Uh, we need to see more about what's going on outside the dome. I hope we get an episode bringing us up to date on how the outside world reacted since the beginning of the series. Uh, how did the military know about the egg? Is, was there another dome out there which had an egg? And this is based on experience with another dome? We need to see more about Julia and her relationship with the dome. We need to see more about Angie, Joe, Nori, and Junior and their relationship with the dome. Of course, we need to see more about the egg. Uh, will we see glowing water again or some effect on the uh, life uh, in the water there? We also need people to figure out that Barbie was not behind all the deaths. And it would be nice to see an explanation of the vision of Big Jim bleeding. Are they going to have to kill him or what? Anyway, looking forward to the second season of Under the Dome. Thanks. Neil and Jim, thank you so very much for uh, recording those and sending those in using SpeakPipe and MP3s attached to emails. Any way that you get your voice to us, listeners, we want to hear it and share it on the next episode of the Under the Dome Radio podcast. And some great points were brought up in both of those calls there. And I agree. I want to see some of the stuff going on outside of Chester's Mill. And does the government really know about the mini egg? And if so, how? And one of the topics I think that came up with the Maxine storyline was this kind of corporation that was outside of the dome that was kind of the front company or assisting with the delivery of the rapture drug from all of the propane that Jim was buying. So because of that, I'm interested to see what businesses or business people are influencing the government outside of the dome. So I think a lot of the outside the dome stories would be more interesting this year as we take a look at how it influences our people inside. And uh, Jim brought up a good point about possibly wanting to see Dale Barbie in more of a leadership role. Do you think he's going to get a chance? I think that'll happen. I'm sure that there'll be sides drawn and as new things start to creep up. You know, we saw Big Jim not necessarily be so evil at some points last year. We saw actually Barbie and Jim working together for a lot of last season. So I think that we'll probably see that happen because Barbie is still with Julia, although I feel that their relationship may strain a little bit over the season as it goes along. I'm more interested to see Big Jim stir the pot. And of course, if he's stirring that pot, he's stirring it with $100 bills. (laughs) Yeah, We need him to come dine at some restaurant around here and leave that those kind of tips. Boy, of course, like he kind of alluded to, and they reminded us in the clip in the clip show this past week, he's uh, kind of finding a roundabout way of buying votes if there's really going to be an election. Right now, I think it's more of a dictatorship unless uh, Barbie and some of these new characters decide to overthrow what Big Jim's up to. Not to mention the fact that uh, also, oh, um, Neil mentioned wanting to see possible flashbacks of Big Jim's uh, dead wife. Um, You kind of alluded that that might be something we get to see. And I agree. I think flashbacks will be the way that they go with this character. But, you know, you never know. We could see more apparitions in the forest. But one thing leads to another. And uh, she's going to become quite a character just based on the little things we've heard about her and seen her fabulous artwork already. 
Hey guys, this is Aaron Peterson. Um, I love your show. You do a great job. Under the Dome for the second season. You know what? I gotta be honest with you. I'm a little bummed that they didn't just wrap it up last year. But if if they if they redo this or they go for another year, if they're gonna make this a serialized event where it's over several seasons, I would really like to get another chance to find out that there's more going on. Um, Maybe another town or another location, something along those lines. Um, I would just like more than just Custer's Mills. I don't know. Or something underground. I don't know. See, I don't know because I think the story is so encapsulated. I don't really know how you branch it out. But I definitely think there has to be more than what, they're, what they went through last year. I don't think there's enough there currently to to really hold people's attention for another season. So... They're going to have to introduce some something, something out of left field that's just going to take things and put it in a completely different direction. And that's that's really what I want to see. And, hmm. Oh, and it sounds like Aaron got cut off there. I wonder if the Dome is playing some tricks with Aaron's call because I think this milky white substance on the outside is really going to do some Dome property changes. And I'm sure we're going to see outside the dome to inside the dome communication this year. I really feel like that was an integral part of the book and the fact that it didn't happen last year, I felt was a little bit strange because there were the ability to get radio waves in. So if you remember radio waves, cellular transmissions, internet, it's all EM frequencies. So I think something around the EM or magnetic field is going to happen with the dome. And we might even see that in the first episode. I agree. That was one of my favorite parts of the book, and it really let us readers in on quite a few things. And, of course, if you want to check out the book, be sure to uh, be forewarned. It's very adult, very graphic, and very different from the television show. So you may or may not learn too much. Well, thanks for sending all that stuff in. Of course, if you want to send in your own comments and theories, because, again, this is your Under the Dome radio podcast, send them in to underthedomeradio.com slash feedback. Email, use the SpeakPipe widget, record right from your computer, or call 904-469-7469. It'd be great to hear from you because we have some really great investigative reporting coming up in our next segment. And the big thing that we want to know here is that we talked about Sam and Pauline and some of the characters that are in the book and how are they going to be a little bit different this season. And the real big question is we already passed the timeline of the book last year. I mean, the book is eight days and we've already gone 13. So I'm really curious to see if there's like like a time jump in this second season. Are we going to go right from where we left off and it's going to kind of be week two, week three, or is there going to be like a a resolution to last year and then maybe jump ahead a week or two? I have no idea which way they're going to go. I I actually just kind of have a feeling they're going to be totally separate from the Under the Dome novel from here on out and that it's not going to tie into it at all. But there are still some other scenes in the novel that I hope that they tie in, whether or not there's any sort of timeline matching up at all. Yeah, some of those that are really interesting, I really like the George LaRue storyline in the novel. It'd be very interesting to see if they somehow use the George's storyline in this high school atmosphere. You know, basically in the in the long story short, Georgia. Georgia is Phil's wife and they have a kid, but she was apparently raped by some of the town people, some of the sheriff and the police as that 
Motley Crue gets a little bit rough as the book goes along. So I'm wondering if they'll do that kind of sequence somehow with the high schoolers maybe, because I thought that was a really powerful storyline and how Georgia gets her redemption in the book. I'd also like to see more around the propane storyline. I mean, that's the, that's the crux of the book is the propane right. story. And of course, what about this rapture drug? I mean, is it a full on operation? You know, Jim and Duke were, you know, shipping it around and sending it off to the neighboring towns and stuff. So if what's outside comes inside from Southwest, Southwest and Austin rapture, I think is big on the table this year. Yeah, that would be a great thing to bring in from the book as well. One thing not to bring in from the book is if you're in jail and anybody brings you a special bowl of uh, breakfast cereal, let's not get into that. One thing that I thought was cool, and it was kind of a scene that I thought that they were playing on this last season about Midway, and they may have been, and this may be all that we get from it. But when we had Ollie Dinsmore and he had Big Jim and uh, Junior had his father at gunpoint because for a brief little bit of time, uh, Junior was on the side of Ollie Dinsmore and I thought Big Jim was going to be shot. But then again, there's a scene in the book where I thought that was going to happen as well. And it just turned out totally differently than on the show. So I wonder, since it didn't involve Ollie really in the book, that particular scene, if we might see something like that play out this season. That's a really good call out. I like that scene as well. Let's go ahead and move over to our requests and dedications segment. We want to thank everybody that was able to get the Under the Dome Radio 2014 promo out in their podcasts. Rick and Amy Moyer at the Take Him With You podcast played that for us, as well as Stephanie Zimmer on her TV Rewind podcast just last week. And Scott Herzog also played our Under the Dome promo on his podcasting gear show. So thanks to all of those guys for getting out the word. And again, thanks to Moyer Multimedia for helping us put the 2014 promo together. I hope you've all had a chance to listen to it. If not, it's in the feed. You can go ahead and skip back one episode from this one and check that out. It's really great and get you kind of caught up in 60 seconds or less on what happened last year. And speaking of the feed, the official Libsyn podcast, the feed also played an edited version of that because they like promos to only be about 30 seconds and they play, they let us get away with 35 seconds. So thank you, Elsie and Rob on the feed podcast for playing our promo there. In addition to playing it, we've been getting a lot of great feedback and it's mostly due to uh, Rick Moyer at Moyer, Moyer Multimedia, like you said, Troy, and he said it better than I did. But uh, people are saying, you know, promos as far as promos go this is one that people really like how it all came together in fact even daniel lewis on his audacity to podcast podcast another noodle mix podcast did a whole podcast episode all about promos and whether or not they're worth your time or anything and he did give us a great shout out for if you're gonna have a promo have it really stand out and be unique like the under the dome radio podcast promo so thank you everybody for that and speaking of promos Giving back the love, playing this promo for another brand new podcast for a classic science fiction TV show. The Babylon Project was our last best hope for Scott. A self-contained podcast, one hour long, located on the internet. A place of fun and discussion for Babylon 5 fans everywhere. A shining beacon in cyberspace, all alone in the night. It was the dawn of the 20th anniversary of Babylon 5, the year the great war to free Bab 5 came upon us all. This is the story of the last of the Babylon podcasts. The year is 2014, 
The name of the place is the Babylon Project Podcast. Hi, this is Raul from the Babylon Project Podcast. Jim and I would like to invite you to join us as we celebrate the 20th anniversary of one of the most important sci-fi series of all time, Babylon 5. We'll be making our way through all five seasons with commentary and thoughts and a little bit of fun. Find us at babylonprojectpodcast.wordpress.com or you can find us on iTunes. Look forward to hearing from you. And remember, no boom today, boom tomorrow. There's always a boom tomorrow. Did you ever see the Babylon 5 television series way back in the day, Troy? I saw bits and pieces of it. I have been waiting to rewatch Babylon 5 because of the uh, anniversary. And of course, nobody is streaming it. So I'm going to have to probably purchase it on DVD or something in order to get caught up. Yeah, or maybe find used DVDs on eBay or something like that. But it is something that seems to be really having a renaissance. All of a sudden, I've been hearing even Matt and Ben over on the Sci-Fi Christian podcast talking about Babylon 5, the Sci-Fi Diner podcast with Scott Miles and them talking about Babylon 5, and now Raul and Jim with the Babylon Project podcast. So we are uh, glad to share that promo with you. And it's not that far way back in the day. It was It's not like watching ancient episodes of The Outer Limits or something else cool like that. Now... You know, with summer being here, it's kind of a perfect time to upgrade your wardrobe, dress a little cooler, get rid of the jackets. How about a stylish Under the Dome Radio podcast logo t-shirt? Or maybe sitting out on the deck in the morning like uh, Jim sometimes does. It's always better if you have the Under the Dome Radio podcast coffee mug and other goodies as well. Either way, whatever you need to change that wardrobe for summer, head on over to underthedomeradio.com slash goods to pick one up today and help support the show and share the love. And of course, the show is made possible by you all, the Domies. And of course, we need those secret propane deliveries to keep the station up and running here. So go ahead and head over to underthedomeradio.com over on the right-hand side of the webpage. You basically can just pick which size propane shipment you're willing to help us out with, You know, whether it's one day, one week, or all-time power. We'll take whatever you can because every ounce of propane helps keep the podcast up and running because we are, of course, trapped here in Chester's mill. Absolutely. And we've been being hit up here a lot at the station trying to get us to go solar. So don't be surprised if you see something else in the mix later on. But propane has served us very, very well, as have the listeners of Under the Dome Radio. And a couple of reasons that I love doing this podcast. One is how great it is to connect with the other Under the Dome Radio listeners out there, you know, talking about one of our favorite TV shows and sharing listener theories and our theories and trying to see if anybody's right. It's also awesome to be able to let you know that in addition to podcasting, I am available to record professional voiceovers for your own podcast or any website video projects or even telephone prompts, something like that. I'd love to work with you. Just check out MediaVoiceOvers.com. And because we love connecting with all of the Domies for UnderTheDomeRadio.com and all of our friends, of course, our social links right there are at the top of the page. So just go to underthedomeradio.com. There's a Facebook link, Twitter link. But most, most, most important, you need to subscribe to the podcast. Whether you're doing it in Stitcher, iHeartRadio, iTunes, make sure you subscribe. But most importantly, even if you listen in Stitcher or iHeartRadio on an Android device or your computer, 
Go ahead and click on that iTunes button because we'd love to have a great review and rating from you telling us what you love about the show so that more domies like you can learn about our great Chester's Mill community. Amen to that. And remember, this is your show. Let your voice be heard. Send in your thoughts and theories for the next episode of the podcast. Just visit underthedromeradio.com slash feedback for all the details. And oh, don't forget to send us a picture of you under the dome, so to speak, so we can feature you in the hashtag Domehead Gallery Hall of Fame. Until next time, I am Wayne Henderson. And I'm Troy Heinrichs, conserving our propane until our next shipment arrives from all of you great domies. Thanks for listening. And of course, stay trapped under the dome. Under the Dome Radio is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Get more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Get organized in your personal and professional life, laugh with our clean comedy, theorize over great television shows, and so much more, all waiting for you at noodle.mx.